Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Smoke here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Trish Lane, a partner and finance attorney in Foley and Lardner's Milwaukee office. Trish, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate being invited. Great. So today we're going to be discussing a program that provides small business owners in Wisconsin with free consultations from volunteer attorneys and law students as these companies look to navigate some of the biggest challenges right now in the business community. Let's start with a little bit of background on the program. Trish, can you talk about when this first started? Sure. Uh, we launched the program about a year ago. And what the program, the program actually was launched by um, a subcommittee of the Wisconsin Bar Association. Um, we are, I am on the, the board of the uh, business law section of the bar. And in conjunction with Marquette University Law School, we launched this program to assist small businesses in compliance with laws. And it was really uh, prompted by a lot of the questions that we received as practitioners, uh, just going to the grocery store, for example, and going to the health club where people would know that you're a lawyer and say, hey, wait a minute, can I just, can I just ask you a question about the mask mandate? Do I have to have a sign? Do I, you know, and so we were getting all kinds of questions like that. Um, from small business owners just wondering like how to how do I comply with this where do I go and saying things like well I don't really have the profit margin to hire an attorney to sort of keep me you know on the straight and narrow I want to comply but you know it seems to be evolving so quickly I don't know what to do and so a lot of us were getting those sorts of questions and we thought well maybe there's something we can do to just help generally so that if there are questions whether COVID related or not but there's a resource for these people because the small business owners are, are trying trying hard to serve the community. They're really an integral part of making you know Wisconsin and Milwaukee and other areas of the state vibrant. And so we want to see these these entities survive. We don't want to see them sort of put out of business because you know they're they're losing their customers with shutdowns from COVID and then they can't comply. And you know so we, we wanted to do something to help the community and we felt that this was a, a good a good step and something that we could do. We have the we have the know-how, we have the wherewithal and why don't we just do it? So we kind of launched the program. Marquette Law School has uh, really been running the program in conjunction with volunteer lawyers as as you mentioned from the state, uh, the state bar. Uh, business lawyers are volunteering their time. And basically these are like one hour segments and they could go longer. There could be follow-up sessions depending on the nature of the question. Um, but we have been providing a wide range of advice. Um, it started out as predominantly COVID related with lots of questions about that and vaccines and what to do about employees who didn't want to be vaccinated and those who had religious exemptions and this and that. Uh, but it has really morphed into more of a general business law kind of compliance uh, service. Gotcha. Okay. That's a great overview. And then how does the program work in practical terms? How do these business owners get connected? So basically what you would do is you would go to um, Marquette Law School's website or the bar's website. And there's a form that you would fill out and the form uh, you would just talk about what your question is. Um, and 
say what the nature of your of, of your concern is, and then attorney an attorney would be assigned to you, and you would be given uh, a range of dates and times, and you would then choose one that's mutually convenient, and then the attorney would sit down with you and and discuss uh, discuss your problem. Re we'd review language. I've reviewed language. Uh, uh, a lot of what I've done personally is uh, related to contract interpretation and agreements that folks have signed saying, hey, you know, I signed this, I signed this several years ago. What does it mean? What does it mean in the context of, you know, my business that's going on right now? What does it mean in the context of COVID? What does it mean? You know, I've got supply chain disruptions. I can't fulfill this uh, contract. What does that all mean? Uh, what are my remedies? What are my options? Things like that. We've also been doing um, a lot of proactive counseling, which has been great. So, uh, We've had small business owners come in and say, hey, I'm interested in doing entry into a loan agreement or I'm in interested in expanding my business. Um, and I've got this agreement here that was given to me, you know, I, and I'm confused about some of these clauses. You know, is this fair? Can I negotiate this? You know, what, what do you think? Um, and so that is tends to be a much more valuable exercise when we're brought in on the front end, because then we can sort of see where problems might arise in the future and ward them off as opposed to kind of dealing with a set of facts on the back end where someone has signed something and then kind of is regretting signing it. Um, but we, we've dealt with both. Um, and I guess uh, a word to the wise is before signing something, if you don't understand any of it, any, any sentence in there, you know, Give us a call. <laughs> That's what we're there for. And if you don't understand it, it's it's probably something that needs explaining. Uh, we can tell you what it means, and then you can assess whether you want to take the risk or not. We could suggest alternatives. We could suggest middle grounds, and you know, it's sort of a, a very proactive way of doing business um, is kind of what we we hope for. But you know, again, I mean, we we've, I've certainly dealt with quite a number of uh, sort of clients that have signed things that they didn't understand and are sad about that. Sure. Certainly that, that makes a lot of sense. And what's been the response from the business owners who've been participating? Oh, it's been overwhelmingly positive. I mean, we've just been, and it's, it's just been such a rewarding experience. I think for those of us who have volunteered and the business owners have been extremely uh, grateful, I think, and, uh, and really have, have, uh, have taken the comments to heart. In, in their business dealing. So I, I think we're providing a valuable service, you know, to the community. Some of the comments that, that we've looked at it and just so your audience gets this, the flavor of some of the things, you know, we've seen, I've seen a, a comment uh, and a question about a business owner that had, that was going to be forming another venture, had a very successful enterprise and wanted to form another one and was a little worried about um, sort of piercing the corporate veil type issues, which is, where one entity's assets can be used to support another because the person wasn't sure whether the new venture was going to be as successful as the old and was very worried about, you know, I, gee, I, I want to start something else and I don't want to end up kind of cannibalizing my first venture because the second one isn't going well. What are the firewalls? What can I do to insulate liability so I can actually have multiple ventures? Uh, or what if someone has one nonprofit and wants to do a for-profit? Can I? That was another question that we had. Can I do that? Um, we've had questions about capital structure. You know, I've got so much debt. I've got so much equity. What do you guys think? You know, should I have take on more debt? Should I take on more equity? What are what are the considerations that are involved here? Uh, we've oh, had wow. a lot of questions re relating to interest rates. You know, a lot of people know this, but um, LIBOR, which is a, a London Interbank Offered Rate, is going away. It's being phased out and it's being replaced by something called SOFR. 
Um, there's been a lot of questions about that. Well, what is that? What, what is that rate really? You know, we understand that some banks have adjustments to that rate. So in, a different, in addition to your margin, for example, they would have adjustments to it. What is that? You know, what, is, what are those adjustments? What's market in there? You know, and so we're able to tell them, hey, this is what the market adjustment is. And then they can go back to their bank and say, you know, thank you. Or, you know, do you have some room there to negotiate? So we've been, you know, we've been helping businesses with all sorts of, all sorts of different kinds of questions, some insurance, some tax, some organization setup, some capitalization, you know, just the whole realm of, of legal questions that someone might have. Gotcha. I see. Well, that certainly is a, a wide range of challenges and potential solutions that you've been working through. And that's, that's really interesting. Thanks for touching on some of those issues that have come up in the discussions. I'm curious now if you have any kind of final thoughts as we finish up the interview here on business owners who might be listening right now, what are some kind of forward thinking steps, as you said, proactive that they can take to maybe reduce the impact of some of the common challenges you've been hearing about? I think the biggest thing is to not sign anything unless you know what it means and are comfortable accepting the risk. Because I think the biggest problem that we see is, you know, business owners don't have time to, you know, engage in like legal legal reviews of documents. They're running a business. They've got a lot of other things to do. They just want to get on with it. And I think part of the problem is when you have that attitude, which, you know, I, I do understand. Um, but when you have that attitude, sometimes that becomes a problem because you sign on to things that, you know, in hindsight, you probably shouldn't have. And then it's very difficult to get out. And oftentimes those sorts of contracts can be sort of punitive. So it, I guess what I would say is make sure that you read the contract. If there's anything in the contract you don't understand, give us a call. I mean, we're happy, we're, that's what we're here for. We're happy to take a look, happy to tell you our thoughts, happy to tell you what it means. And then you can at least go into a relationship understanding what the risks are. You know, for example, you know, I looked at one contract where, the, um, the customer or the, the business owner was actually procuring some, some items and there was an elaborate schedule about when his payments were due, when the installments were due, but never said like when the product was arriving and never said anything about whether it would arrive. I mean, it was just a bunch of progress payments and, and, it, and then there was no termination clause. So if the progress payments were paid and nothing ever showed up, I, you know, this, this, company would sort of be, I don't know what their rights would be. I mean, it's, it's a very bad situation, you know, then you're mm. sort of like in litigation and often these contracts aren't you know, of a size that would warrant litigation, you know, in, in the court system where they're just not worth it. And so I think it's, it's important because, you know, you're, you'll spend more on legal fees than you would on, on actually recovering under the, the agreement. So I think it's important to look at everything, make sure you understand it and make sure you understand the risks. And I think sort of thinking of like the worst case scenario and putting on those sorts of glasses when you look at a contract is probably the way to do it because nobody looks at a contract and says, well, what if the guy I'm just entering into this agreement with fails to perform? But that's the question you should ask. I mean, I, nobody thinks that's gonna happen. You wouldn't be doing business with someone like that if you thought that would happen, but that's what you should be looking at is, sort of the worst case. What if that entity goes bankrupt? You know, then what? Do I get my money back? Do I get my deposit back? What do I do? You know, so sort of like looking at a contract from the absolute worst case scenario. Great. Well, that seems like very good advice, Trish. I appreciate you sharing that with me and our listeners. And thanks again so much for taking the time to be on the show with me today. Thanks, Alex. Uh, we're here to help. 
You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for work from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.